0: it's taken me a while to understand what my body feels like in yes and what my body feels like in no and yeah. that's why sexuality exploring it's so important because you feel alignment like after a cervical orgasm you're like oh yeah that's what it's supposed to feel like
1: i'm alexa and you're listening to that sex check a soul fire production
2: All right, my loves, Bryn here, and I have a really exciting guest who has recently become a friend, but someone I've actually followed for years. And it is so cool to have witnessed her blossoming. And there's a lot of parallels on today's show between my story and Emily's story. So today I have Emily Abbott, who is a former collegiate basketball player and elite CrossFit athlete, which is actually where I started to track her journey because I used to own a CrossFit gym and. I'm so excited to share more about what unfolds for her, but after a wild journey around the world, she's now pursuing a doctorate in acupuncture in Chinese medicine, so she can support women on their journeys back home to their bodies. Emily has become a sensual athlete through practices like holistic pelvic care, cultivating sex magic, which I cannot wait to talk more about, and tapping into the energetics of their yonis. Emily, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you here today.
0: Brynn, I'm so stoked to be here.
2: Yes. <laughs> we just happened to, I think, connect on Instagram, right? Like, I don't even remember how our paths crossed, but I'm so happy that they did.
0: Yeah. It's so funny. You know, I think I was talking to Kim Kesting because I had just reached out to like hang out with her when she was in San Diego and she was like, you need to go talk to Brynn. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I do.
2: Amazing. It's so. so funny. I just, Was on her show this morning, so of course, how divine that we're having this conversation.
0: Absolutely.
2: Now, I want to rewind. I have this very specific memory that I haven't even told you about because we've just connected. But I was, gosh, I think this was 2018. I'm not exactly sure on the timeline, but I was in Israel. I was traveling with my husband at the time, and we had rented a car and we were traveling all over and we were listening to the WAG podcast with Mike and Adi Casio. And I remember very specifically, a story had just come out about where you were at with your CrossFit career. And you were telling your story of what had unfolded so open-heartedly. Like I have goosebumps actually remembering that moment because I had, um, it's funny, I'm almost like emotional about it. I had such uh, compassion for what you were going through. At the time I was a gym owner and a CrossFit athlete, and I had started to break away a bit from that identity myself. And then hearing your story, it's like, whoa, what a brave thing for her to do and to come forth and to share her truth. So you were in such a beautiful, heartfelt and feminine place when you were sharing that. So our listeners may not know the previous version of you and they might not know this new version of you. So I'd love to rewind to... Emily as a CrossFit athlete and the breakdown that had to occur before the breakthrough of who you are today?
0: Oh yeah. Okay. Let's take a trip down memory lane. So I was in a relationship that brought me to San Diego. I was training here. Um, I had like an amazing year of training and I had just won the West regionals. Um, this was about my fifth year of CrossFit new sponsors were flowing in. And I was like, wow, everything is falling into place. I just got engaged to a man, uh, that I did. I truly loved. And, um, I, I remember talking to my mom being like, wow, mom, everything's falling into place. And like the next day I get a phone call saying like, Emily, you failed the drug test. And I just like, you know, that's like a stomach drop, heart drop moment. And, uh, I can remember like keeling over being like, oh my God, like that's worst." fear uh you know it's a nightmare for any athlete and so then began this began this process of um you know figuring out like what had happened why i tested positive um and you know then it was very confronting for my relationship with my fiance at the time because he was the cause of it and uh it just started to like highlight like everything where we had we were disconnected and um and I was just in this severe stress response because my whole career was on the line, and I had to lawyer up. I had to, you know talk get my family talk to my family about it. And it was just like very, very painful. Um, and I can remember flying down for that podcast being like, I have to do this. I have to go like just at least speak my truth. And um it was a passive transmission through my fiance. Um, he was taking a sublingual supplement at the time because he had just had shoulder surgery and, uh, yeah, I tried to prove my innocence. Um, but CrossFit went the other way and just, you know, I was a cheater and I was guilty. And then, you know, all the Reddit forums started popping up and people saying like, just saying horrendous things, you know, just completely dragging me through the mud. However, that was part, that was the beginning of my entire, um, I guess that that was my spiritual two by four for the rest of like the, a new iteration of myself to emerge. Mm. And so, like you said, it was a complete breakdown. Um, I, I was kicked out of CrossFit for four years. I was banned. Um, I, so then, <laughs> and I like, so I didn't really have a plan. I didn't know what I was going to do. But all of a sudden, I got invited to go on this trip to Israel. Funny enough.
2: Oh, how interesting!
0: Yeah, and so I got like, you know, the universe just started opening doors of like things I was supposed to go do. So it was like, okay, hey, I'm going to go on this trip to Israel. Like a couple weeks later, packed all like I packed a backpack, and I just went and uh, hung out in Israel for a while. Then um, I traveled to Jordan. Then I went to. Um, uh, India after that, because a mentor of mine from here, um, an acupuncturist actually, Heidi uh, Barker, who's still very much like my mentor, she's like, You need to go to an ashram, uh, Parmath Niketan. Went to this ashram, had a complete spiritual like meltdown because that was the first time in my life where it was like, I was like, What am I supposed to be doing here? And I remember this British girl was like, Oh, this is your first time at an ashram. You're supposed to be doing nothing. I was like what like (laughs) what does that even mean um and then I went from and then all of a sudden I got invited to go on this trip to Peru um and lead like these CrossFit like a CrossFit trip so I got this flight paid to go to Peru so I went to Australia for a little bit to hang out with my little sister and then I was flying off to Peru to go on this hiking trip like and go see Machu Picchu and um, you know, so it was like all this medicine of like travel was really coming through. And then I was like, well, if I'm in Peru, I'm obviously supposed to do some kind of journey. And so, uh, that was my first exposure to ayahuasca, actually my first and only. And, um, I showed up in this Merloca on the outskirts of Cusco and it was just me, two facilit- facilitators and a shaman oh. and it just felt everything. It was like all my life converging to this moment. And I was like, no, I'm supposed to I'm supposed to go in deep. And I screamed the scream of uh, like all women. I completely was ripped open, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the snake medicine came into me. And uh, I processed all of my, I think I was thirty at that point, all of the thirty years of um unconsciousness. I had experience with my body, with my sexuality, with the way I showed up in the world. Um, I had had an abortion with that um, my, that fiance at the time, um, so we were completely trauma bonded in that experience. Um, I was very unconscious when it came to uh, sexuality, and the only way I knew to relate to my body was through fitness and <laughs> working out really hard and driving it, driving, driving, driving her beyond her limitations. Cause that gave me a high. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when it did come to any kind of like sexuality, I was like super, you know, I never, yeah, we could get into that. I mean, that was a whole other thing that came open. Um, so it was a Pandora's box moment. All of my shit came out and I saw in my ayahuasca trip that I had every portal to my life would open when I truly understood what it meant to love myself, like so Mm -hmm. vehemently, Mm
3: -hmm.
0: like that was the key. And Mm -hmm. so, um, yeah. And then I ended up going back home and I got introduced to uh, back home to Canada after that experience and got introduced to Tammy Lynn Kent's work and went to Portland and did one of her holistic pelvic care seminars. And I was like, yep, this is it. Like this is it. And it took me a few more months of being in that painful relationship till that dissolved, um, quite (laughs) brutally, which was good. And I knew like, uh, that small ego or like my small self, my inner child needed that to go through that pain, but I knew it was going to be the best for me. Mm. And uh, the day we broke up was the day I also got into this acupuncture program. Cause I kind of knew like things weren't going great. And, um, so then I landed in San Diego, uh, in a really shitty apartment, uh, that <laughs> was like filled with cat hair. I had my dog and, uh, and I bought a van for 4,500 bucks. And I was like, this is it, here we go. And since then it has been <laughs> the best journey Mm. but painful too right like and uh yeah so now I'm here I have an incredible relationship with a man um I understand uh my purpose and I'm walking that and then uh I'm really understanding every day that I have so much creative agency to paint the canvas of the life that I desire
2: hello love bugs Brinsky here And I'm here to talk to you about codependency. (laughs) Now, some of you know that I ended a 10 year relationship to break my codependency and to really heal my limiting beliefs and the way that I was operating in my marriage. But I'm here to talk to you about a different codependency. This is my codependency with coffee and how that relationship has just gotten a little out of hand lately where I was getting up to two lattes a day not only is it fucking expensive, um, it's not good for my hormones, my health, my anxiety. And I watched Lex try it and love it. And so I said, okay, I'm ready to make the switch too. I've made the switch and y'all, I absolutely love it. Everyday Dose is an incredible coffee alternative. It has got one third of the caffeine of coffee, but it's loaded with all of these incredible ingredients like mushrooms and collagen and nootropics. And just by switching from coffee to everyday dose, I have noticed such an increase in my mood. I feel happier, less anxious. My energy is way more stable. I'm not having those crazy afternoon crashes And I'm also not codependent on this beverage that I have to have in the morning or else I can't function because I hated that. I hated being so reliant on something. And so, um, I'm so grateful that I made that switch. And if you were looking to break your codependency too, then I invite you to check it out, to try it. When you use the code, that sex chick, you get 20% off an already discounted starter kit, which takes it up to, I think 65% off your first order which makes it so freaking affordable, y'all. Um, there's literally no risk to try it. And if you decide that you don't like it, they literally give you your money back. But I love Everyday Dose. I imagine you will too. And so I encourage you to give it a try. Let us know how you like it and break that codependency once and for all. Now back to today's show. Oh yeah. my gosh, that was such a roller coaster for me. I'm like, oh, I remember... <laughs> obviously being on the other side of it. Like I said, listening to your podcast and then I've been there too. I've ripped the bandaid of every identity I had. And Mm -hmm. I know that pain of still sort of gripping while also knowing like a soul, knowing that this is the path that is next and the deep immense grief that one must experience when letting go of an old life and an old chapter. And so I relate to so much of that journey. and there's actually a piece I want to double click on before we continue. You said, I got hit with my spiritual two by four. And I loved that analogy. Cause I know exactly what you're talking about. And I know for me, the way that I've heard this described is there's the feather, the brick and the Mack truck or in your case, the two by four. And for many of us, we ignore the feather. We ignore the whisper of like, Oh, your body is breaking down. And this isn't the right relationship. Um, cause there's these small little signs and then they throw a brick and they're like, we're trying to get your attention, but this isn't working for your body or your relationships. And then they just roll your ass over with a two by four, a truck. So I'm curious if looking back now, especially for those that may be in the, the moment of the whisper or the brick, if we can help them to avoid the Mack truck, sometimes they just have to do it. And yeah. what were the signs that your body was breaking down, that your relationship was breaking down? What did that look like?
0: Um, so initially, if I was to look back, um, so this is something that I always think about too. It's like um, a lot of, is there a natural progression to life where we, we must at around our Saturn return, just get smoked? is that <laughs> part of it? Or can I give my wisdom to women who are in like, let's say they're like their twenties and early thirties. And so that they can make better decisions for themselves. This is where I'm always kind of like, mm, I don't know, like there's this natural like growth cycle to life, but also you can't really listen to adv- to advice until you're ready for it. Right. I feel that. So, yep. But yes, like big dream. Can we go educate younger women to be completely like, um, sexually self-sufficient and like in love and understand boundaries. Yes. I think that's like the next part of our, that's why we're waking up now to like help that younger Mm -hmm. generation. Um, but here were some definite signs. One was, um, I had no sense of boundary. I had no sense of vision. I was just like, you know, when people wanted to sit down, like write their values and write down their dream work, I was like, dude, I just need to like, I'm just flowing. And I know that like, and it's all going to just happen for me. And so, yeah, there's like that beautiful, like free spirit about that. But at the same time, when you don't have a plan, when you don't have a vision for your life, you're going to fall into somebody else's. And that started to happen really quickly to me, especially when I fell in love. Um, my, it was very much like acquiescing my vision into somebody or like my life into somebody else's. Mm. So that definitely um, started to manifest in my body because I wasn't ever saying my truth. I wasn't saying like what I needed. Um, and it came out a lot in frustration and anger and Mm. just kind of flying off the handle. And then I'd be like, so regretful that I like acted like that, But that's because I was never saying what my body needed. I was just Mm. always going with the flow, you know, just like, oh yeah, I can freewheel it and everything will be okay. But I would get really angry and upset for no reason. Mm. Um, Then the second thing was um, dissociation. I started to numb out from my body and that, you know, after like the hot and heavy, like sexuality or like sexiness, lustfulness between two people kind of starts to abate that's when the things start you know all your shit really starts to come forward so um i had had that abortion and i was so numb like i couldn't even like touch myself and feel anything mm-hmm. like it was just like i was living way up here i mean i already was but this just amplified it um and i had no way to to um remediate that or like come home to myself i had no tools So I became really numb and that really angered like my partner because I wasn't present. Um, and so that was another like sign, like, okay, your body, there's like literal manifestations of things going on and I was just ignoring that. And I was like, well, okay, Mm. whatever. Um, I'll just continue to work out and train and hope, you know, everything sticks together. Um, and then looking back, I knew that I was in a scarcity or fear state a lot, and I'd be so scared to really be myself. So I would turn down parts of myself in order to maintain a, a level of harmony. And, um, yeah, I would say those are like the the three big yeah, things. You that's know. That's
2: huge. As you tell your story, I'm like, oh, that was me. That And I imagine there's so many women listening that maybe are still in that position um, and hopefully hear and feel some hope in knowing like what is possible on the other side. And I wanna double click on the piece where you were starting to talk about like the suppression and how that affected the body. Because I know now that you do this thing called self pelvic release. And you talked about that as like part of your awakening I've talked about this on the podcast before. Um, but I had chronic pelvic pain for about a year and a half where I went to every doctor. I lived by one of the, one of the best hospitals in the world. And I saw, um, a urologist. I saw a gynecologist. I saw Mm -hmm. doctor after doctor, a physical therapist. No one could tell me what was wrong with me. And They kept telling me that I had a UTI. I didn't have a UTI. The tests were coming back blank. And I was at the time doing like really intense CrossFit, not listening to my body, repressing all of my emotions, repressing my desires. And I look back and I'm like, oh, sweet girl. There's so much now that this world could have supported you in. Finally, I found my way to a pelvic floor therapist. Mm. And I also found my way to emotional release. And two of those things changed my life but I want to hear like what you've uncovered and how important that is uh, for women to understand.
0: So glad you're bringing this up because this is literally like why I'm here and to show women how much power they have in their own two hands. Mm-hmm. And when I was crossfitting, I remember, um, cause after, you know, I had no clue when I got pregnant, I had no clue. Like when I was fertile, um, the phases of my cycle. Like I had no clue. I was just like, I literally, I knew that I didn't want to be on hormonal birth control. I got off that, um, years prior, but then, you know, I found myself in this relationship and I was just like, uh, yeah, I just was like, oh, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And like, I just can't believe how like, like removed I was from my own bodily processes. Um, and then my, menstruation I remember like training around like that wasn't even a factor it was just like fucking go hard all the time and like you better show up and I never understood why I got so emotional pre-menstrually like Mm -hmm. I was just like a mess and my menstruation was always pretty regular so I was lucky about that but I was super congested in my face like um and I remember having a lot of like period pain and just being like my coach would be like, um, who's also a woman. She was just like, well, why can't you just show up today? And I was like, dude, like, I don't know. I'm just really emotional and stuff like that. It was just completely removed. And when I went into the CrossFit scene and tried to, I was like, other women must be experiencing this. Like other female athletes. I went and tried to talk to other women about that. That conversation was shut down very quickly, or they would just be telling me like, um, well, I just take hormonal birth control to like, never have a period, or I just have like an IUD. And that was the culture, you know, it was just, there's none of that was talked about. It was very much a suppression, um, or just in like a bliss, blissfully ignorant, uh, way about approaching the female body and athletic training. And so, uh, when I went to, you know, still kind of dabbling into CrossFit even post you know, getting kicked out of CrossFit. Um, I was still in that mode of like, I gotta work out all the time. Um, and I went to this holistic pelvic care, uh, workshop with Camille and Ken and they started to educate me on like, Oh, resting around your period. And I remember I was on my period at the time. So I completely rested and I was like, Oh my God, I feel so much better. Like this is so natural. And like, Um, And then I started to get my Yoni worked on by other women um, from like a very emotional, energetic sense. And I was like, Oh my God, this feels so nourishing. And I started to have like legit psychedelic experiences of like um, connecting with that um, unborn spirit that I like terminated and like having Mm -hmm. peace around that. And like, um, you know, connecting back to like, matriarchal lineage and understanding like where I come from and like what my my mother my grandmother my great-grandmother what they went through and I was like oh my gosh this is like there's so much juiciness here and so this has really formed into what I teach now which is pelvic self-release that if you are a woman who's does anything movement athletic wise um if you deadlift if you squat your pelvic bowl needs tending to it's just like any other muscle in your body, except that we're totally disconnected from this place, our pelvic bowl, because it's just something that in this epoch, we're not, it's been systemically shut off. And it's really important for women, especially athletic women, which are, we're super underserved in terms of like, knowing about the female body and working with it, which is so simple. um, It's really important for you to be able to connect with that part of yourself while addressing the structural elements of your body. And Mm -hmm. so what I teach is um, releasing of the levator ani, which are all the muscles in the pelvic bowl that really, levator ani means like levitate anus, right? They hold everything up. And when you start getting in there, like now I know, like after a day of deadlifting, or if I go squat or whatever, because you know, once a meathead, always a little bit of a meathead, <laughs> um, I can go in internal with myself and start releasing that those muscles. Mm-hmm. So the pubococcius, the pubovaginalis, um, you can even gently brush the piriformis internally. Uh, And it's such a powerful way to uh, bring vitality and robustness and cellular turnover and blood flow and lymph drainage back to this part of your body uh, that so needs it. Mm. And uh, this is why I want to, like, I'm building a course this summer to inform the female athlete, and all of us are athletes, right? Anybody who moves or likes to be active, um, to inform them that the power is in your own hands to create a lot of blood flow and um robustness in your own
3: mm-hmm.
0: and then there's a whole you know emotional and energetic component to that. Um,
2: yeah. so. Yes, gosh, I feel so passionate. I'm so excited to hear you're building a course about this. It's literally what I needed um, almost a decade ago now. And I remember when I went to that pelvic floor therapist, she was describing the pelvic bowl to me and she said, sweetheart, you don't have a bowl, you have a plate. It was so taut and tight from years of lifting and tensing and not utilizing the right muscle groups. And also just as a woman being told that I'm always supposed to have a flight a flat, tight stomach and just constantly tensing that part of me. And so now I'm always teaching women to like, let your belly hang out and to breathe into your womb. And it took me years to learn how to let go. I remember she would have me do these like kegels and help me practice understanding how to tense and release. And I couldn't release. Like when she was like, okay, now let go. I'm like, I can't. There's literally nothing happening. And so what you're doing is so important. So, so important.
1: Yoni Pleasure Palace. Y'all, this is my go-to sacred sexuality brand. I have absolutely loved every single YPP piece that I've added to my collection. Just a day ago, Jordan read Erotica to me while I played and explored with the Sacred Squirter. Pro tip, run any of their crystals or glass toys under hot water. Get them to body temperature, unless of course you like them cold, and play and explore your body using every edge, curve, or ridge on these magically crafted items. And second pro tip, do all of this playing and exploring on one of their waterproof blankets. I have multiple blankets from different companies and most of them feel like an uncomfortable felt pad or maybe even like a puppy pad, (laughs) which is not sexy. But the Yoni Pleasure Palace blankets feel like delicious velvet. Perks, you can surrender, slow down and relax knowing that lube, sweat or other bodily fluids won't cause you to have to strip your bed sheets over and over again. Jordan and I use our YPP blanket to signal to each other that we are open and available for sex on any particular day. I could go on and on and on about the YPP product line. I feel like we have nearly every item that they offer, which means we have quite the collection and each glass or crystal product is 100% body safe, hypoallergenic, compatible with all lubricants. Temperature responsive and free from any petrochemicals, plastics, or risens. It is by far the company that we own the most toys from, and for good reason. You can explore the entire pleasure and healing range available over at www.yonipleasurepalace.com, and you can use my code That Sex Chick, all one word, T H A T S E X C H I C K, for 10% off your total order.
0: Thank you for sharing because, um, I actually also do internal work on women. I do like that massage, cool. massage and I work with a lot of like athletes and, um, when I do go internal, yeah, that's exactly, I love like that plate analogy because it's just like the coccygeus muscle and like everything along that line is so like rock hard. And what I teach a lot in my like webinars and my court, like the course that I'm uh, building is you want a fat, juicy pussy. And it's like, we're done with this era of like tight, like everything tight and hard. Um, That's not pleasure. Pleasure is being able to like a flower, like completely contract and then completely Mm -hmm. open. And when you start working with these tissues again and again, coming home to your body again and again, you start to establish so much trust that A, like, you know, the sentience of the womb knows that, uh, you have her back no matter what. Mm. And then B is you are working with those tissues so that they can fully contract and fully release to like that, you know, the strength of like the eccentric and concentric phase. Now you're going to have way more pleasure and (laughs) you're just going to start juicing. And like, you're turning on this the tap full force. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I always tell women, like, it's like, if your right trap is super jacked up, like you're not going to be able to clean a weight very well. You're not going to be able to like hold a handstand position very well. And so it's the same with any muscle in your body. And those are the muscles of your pelvic floor. And they're always in this hypertonic state, Mm -hmm. like you described like you're going to be emotionally like frustrated, angry, shut down, feel like you can't be creative. You feel stuck and you don't really know why. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you're also not going to be having very great sex because things just can't flow. Um, There's not enough vasoconstriction or sorry, vasocongestion because blood can't get into those areas. Um, And it's just, this is an essential part of a woman's birthright. And we're so disconnected from it. And the uh-huh. third thing I find with so many women, and this is something I'm going to be talking about a lot in the next little bit, is vision. If you, like the, your vision, your gift is hidden within yourself. It's within mm-hmm. your codes. And when people say you have everything you need to heal, la la la, <laughs> it's, it's exactly right. Because it's all inside of you. And that inside of you is this unique vision of your femininity, which will heal your, that um, abuse of masculine side that we've all been taught to really live and you to go access that. There are multiple ways to access that. Um, but for women, I believe the most potent way is to go in through their pussies. Mm -hmm. And once you start going in there and you keep returning to it and you move, start moving those emotions of frustration, anger, sadness, um, stuckness, Then all of a sudden, and that doesn't take very long. It's just like uncomfortable for a while, right? And then what starts to happen is you begin to see, uh, have so much self love and you're like, oh my God, so much reverence for this body. Mm. And then you go deeper and deeper and you find this vision of your life. And this is what I believe the past couple of years has all been about is we forgot our creative agency. We forgot that we are the creators, the creatrixes of our lives, that we can paint the canvas any which way we want. We can ask for whatever we want. We can go get whatever we want. And the process of seeing like, oh my God, it's so messed up on the external world, come back in home, come back Mm -hmm. to your divine self. And within that is the vision of your life and how how it is to be expressed and that you can go do that with a ton of self-love. So anyway, I get it on too. Oh,
2: God, no, I was mesmerized. I'm just sitting here like, I can't tell if I'm going to laugh or cry or both. And just because it feels so true inside of my being, like I've been this woman, I still am this woman who is discovering her body, her pleasure through a, an opening. And one of the things I really had to do was to learn how to let my pussy open slowly. Like, how, what medicine was available through that? Like, really learning the ability to let her fully blossom when she's ready, because the world had taught me to go fast and to move quickly and to go harder. Harder is better, faster is better. And the grieving that had to occur when I realized, oh my goodness, I've been treating you so poorly. Like, I have not shown you proper care, I've not shown you proper self love. And forgiveness for myself for like letting men inside of you when I was actually a no, letting this move too quickly. And the trauma that was literally stored inside of my own, that through, whether it was with working through a practitioner or my own body or a crystal wand, every time I'd hit that tender spot and the tears would just start to flow or like I'd access white rage. And I'm like, where did this come from? And you, you know, spoke to this it's like we store that inside of ourselves and i fully believe that it's a portal to our greatest hopes and dreams to our intuition to our desires and i'm just so here for you forging this path and helping other women like i'm just so lit up my pussy loves this conversation
0: <laughs> <laughs> mine too i'm just like ooh it's
3: like
2: ooh. <laughs> <laughs> A huge part of my life with
1: Jordan is our dogs. Some of y'all may know we have a blue nose pit bull named Biggie James Smalls and a French bulldog named Little. They are quite the duo. Biggie, as Jordan likes to say, is his firstborn baby boy. And a couple of years ago, out of nowhere, I just had to have a pup of my own. The stars aligned and my baby girl Little Was brought into my world. And for the record, we did not name them Big and Little on purpose. Biggie is 11 and Jordan is a huge Big Papa fan. Little is two and I tried to name her many other things, but little she liked and little she listened to, so little she became. They are the source. Of So much joy for us. We connect with each other by taking walks around our neighborhood with the dogs. They are our favorite snuggle bugs when we are curled up on the couch with a movie. We love visiting Zilker Park in the heart of Austin and letting them run around with all the other dogs. Little often joins me in my office while I'm on calls. I often refer to her as the sex and love co mascot, unofficial mascot. And Jordan loves taking Biggie to swim a few times per week. We are absolutely convinced that he was a sea mammal in a past life. (laughs) As Biggie has gotten older, we've noticed that after big trips to the park or long swim sessions, he's a bit slower to move around later that day and the next day. His joints get a little stiff and sometimes are even painful. Our vet recommended we try adding pup-friendly CBD oil into his diet. I had no idea that dogs have an endocannabinoid system just like humans do. So we've recently upgraded the treat jar over here to the... CBD dog treats from cured nutrition. We also started adding a few drops of cured nutrition CBD oil to Big's food every so often to help with the discomfort in his hips and his shoulder joints due to arthritis. Uh, little isn't left out of this either, though. She's a small dog with anxious tendencies, uh, kind of like mother like daughter here. So she gets a few drops when I know we'll be traveling or having an event at our house. Both of them get a little CBD when the holidays are upon us and fireworks might be going off around our neighborhood or when the weather says a thunderstorm is coming. So it's, it's really quite sad to see big saunter around the house. He's this big jacked pit bull, but his tail goes right between his legs and he can't get close enough to Jordan or I, we treat our pups like our children. We love them dearly. And it's important to us to make sure that they have a great quality of life. To give cured nutrition a try, whether it's their pet products or their human ones, head to the link in my show notes. Not all CBD is made equal, y'all, and cured nutrition is literally as good as it gets when it comes to ingredients and, of course, high quality, full and broad spectrum CBD. We are incredibly considerate when it comes to choosing what goes in our bodies as well as our pups. It's our plan for every member of our family to live a long, Healthy, happy, and pleasurable life. Check the show notes for more info, and make sure to use the code that sex chick, all one word, for ten percent off your order of items not already a part of discounted bundles.
0: I think with CrossFit it is so interesting because you know you literally put yourself into this box, and I felt a lot of times like I couldn't express my body how perhaps she wanted to, and mm-hmm. you know it she doesn't want to move linearly all the time. She wants to move like flowy and centrally and seductively. But I was, I had this story in my head that it's like, well, that's just not me. I'm not like that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, what through pussy work and that dedication to myself, I really discovered like the freedom in my being to go do what it is. My Yoni goes to, to that. She kind of commands me to go too. I always say, like, she's my empress. The body is my empress because mm-hmm. she really informs what area of my life needs tending to. Mm-hmm. And it'll do that through symptoms. It'll do that through, you know, callings or whispers or vibrations. Um, and it's just, it's such a powerful tool. And I can't believe I was living in such a, um, an ungrounded way before mm-hmm. it, um, but I guess you know, life can only be um, lived forwards and understood backwards. Um,
2: absolutely. yeah, yeah. Uh, sometimes we have to learn through the contrast absolutely. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: What are some other types of or can you explain more about like what pussy work actually really is? Because I know we talked about internal work, and I'm sure there are people listening like, what does that actually look and feel like? And are there other kinds of pussy work that would fit alongside of that? And, I want to just take a second to have a little asterisk around. I know for me, I had to reclaim the word pussy. There was a long time where that word was really drawing to my nervous system because society has taught us that a pussy is weak. And we call that to people in derogatory ways. And so I just want to say, if like, you've heard that word on our show many times, But if you're listening to this episode now and you feel a charge, then I invite you just to sit with and go a layer deeper. Like what's underneath of that? Is this word actually what's creating that charge or is it what society has told you that word means? And I'll let you take over from here. I just wanted to create a little moment of pause (laughs) knowing I used to have a hard time saying that word. and I have compassion for it.
0: Yeah, well, and also what's interesting is Pussy is actually short like the way society uses it uses it is short for pusillanimous. And pusillanimous means to lack courage or be weak. Uh, but then there's yeah. Did not so know that. Yeah. There's capital P pussy which is, you know, that mama Gina like go after, you know, go out, you know, get off um <laughs> get off and go on top of that your pussy saddle and ride off into the sunset. <laughs> You know, and so what encapsulates pussy work and I utilize my pussy, uh, or she utilizes me rather, um, in a variety of different ways. It never really looks the same, but I have like a, like a conglomeration of practices that really help me, uh, connect with her on a daily basis. If you are someone, the big things I hear from women is I don't have time. Um, I'm frustrated. I feel shame. I don't have money. It's like these like four things. And it, this is some energy that I'm really like curious about because like the time and money piece of like, I don't have the time or money to like connect with my pussy. It's like, both those things are societal constructs. So, and man-made constructs. So how this is like where the barrier is for a lot of people. Um, but with pussy work, it's like, it's <laughs> It's free you know, and, and it's becomes a priority in your life once you start to establish that connection. So that could look anywhere from, okay, I'm in the shower. I'm just going to put gently, like, you know, touch my vulva and maybe place my finger inside and just give like her a little swirl and be like, Hey, I'm with you. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm here for you. Um, that could look, um, sometimes I need guidance about my next steps as a, as a woman, like, a lot of different things you know any aspect of my life where there's like a big decision to be made to be made I go consult pussy and so that can look like uh actually this is the room that I uh, totally consult my pussy in a lot a lot almost like every pussy day. palace yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah I actually call it the yoni cave uh, oh, or beautiful universe um yes. but uh that can look like just basically connecting to my heart and then connecting to my womb and really grounding down. Uh, I have like specific meditations for that and coming into, um, this temple, this, this sanctuary that is the pelvic bowl. And that to me is this, where I grew up in Canada by the mountains. Like I I get transported to that place in my pelvic bowl, Mm. right? Way to like create those connections it's a it's a home for me it's always a homecoming and of my true essence my soul and you know being there and understanding like okay and asking like okay what's my next step like what is going to what decision will make me more me Mm -hmm. uh, to emerge forward and then it can also look like um you know a breast massage it can look like um, just like touching my neck and like getting into my sensual energy. It can look like uh, yoni gazing. This is my yoni gazing mirror. And uh-huh. it's that, <laughs> yeah, I do that often just to have reverence for her. Um, uh-huh. It can look like vulva work where I'm working with the fascia and the tissues um, to become unadhesed and to really, again, encourage that blood flow there. It can look like internal work where. I do I know I'm like okay I'm feeling a little bit tense in my pelvic bowl I'm going to go in and start releasing some of that tissue um and then other times it can look like okay I'm going to connect with the energy of my left ovary I'm going to connect with the energy of my right ovary I'm going to ask them what needs to be heard mm. and what messages are here for me and then the big mama like the real big kahuna is the cervix my cervix is like yeah, she is the portal um, or I guess the gatekeeper of the universe mm. and the external world. So she really gets to have a say in what comes through my body, what needs to be birthed into this life, um or what needs to change. And her voice is very distinct. It's very ancestral, like, mm. yeah, it's big. And so I'll actually just massage my cervix for a while. And when I first started doing that, it was super yucky. Yeah, and like really a lot came through, but now it's like incredibly pleasurable and it's like the more that you tend to your pussy, the more she will put out for you. And not I'm not just saying like sexually, I'm saying like your life begins to reorganize in a way that matches your internal psyche, your internal landscape. Mm-hmm. And if you go into your yoni and it's just like a big dark scary jungle, that's okay because It starts to clear really fast, but you got to let yourself feel the unbearable feeling of feeling.
2: Whoa, Emily, you're fucking me up today. Like I (laughs) feel so lit up. I just, it's like, oh my gosh, yes. Everything you just said. Well, first of all, I love that you named it's free. You can start on your own by just getting intimate with the parts of yourself that you haven't wanted to look at literally energetically emotionally and you can go as slow as the slowest part of you is willing to move this doesn't have to be a fast process if it can be which is beautiful but i know for me there was a lot of shame and repulsion when i first started like when i did yoni gazing the first time i did not like what i saw because mm-hmm. society said oh, like one uh, labia is longer than the other. That's not okay. There's color here. That's not okay. There's hair here. That's not okay. And I had to really look at that part and to have the first wave, honestly, of disgust of like, oh, and then the deep sadness of how could I look at this special, beautiful part of me that will one day birth a human life and feel anything but self-love and adoration.
0: Yeah.
2: And that was a journey of getting
0: there yeah it takes time. like, um, it's like learning any new skill, right? It's like learning how to handstand. It's like running for the first time after taking mm. a huge break. You're just like, this is gross. Like I don't want to do it. Um, you know, but then we have the added charge, um which is big. The implications are big of, yes, all the times that you overstepped your body, and that's tough to face. um. But like you said, it's a process and Mm -hmm. the more you show up. And this is why I love working with female athletes because they're relentless and not in the fact that like you want to, you know, drive your body past what it is, but just showing up every day. That's all it takes, right? Any kind of consistency in any part of your life will give you massive returns. So true. And then all of a sudden you can start tapping into sex magic, into infusing your vision and your dreams with the power Mm -hmm. of that sexual energy and it's like oh damn now I've just like did an I've created a whole energetic upgrade in my being for what my capacity of what I can handle as a woman Mm -hmm. and yeah it's like now approaching what's so cool is like approaching business and life and like relationships from this like fully integrated and um combined masculine and feminine channels, like blows the lid off of anything. Mm. And it's like, when I meet women, I'm like, man, you're only operating at like 50% of your energetic capacity. And it's one that's kind of fractured, you know, just like we see like more, the patriarchal landscape is like kind of fractured, you know, there's some Mm -hmm. really great parts to it, but it's just, we need to start balancing in that feminine. And Mm -hmm. once we do, it's like, it seems so when I first started, when women started talking about yoni gazing and like surrender, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't even know what you mean. Cause I just like, go get it. I just like go do what I got to go do. But when we start, um, it's like, it seems so complex to get there, but once you land back into your body, it's so simple. Yes. It's so simple.
2: It is. And I totally resonate with that. It's like until the learning is embodied, you're like, "What the fuck are you talking about? What are you talking about sex magic? What are you talking about cervical orgasms? What are you talking about surrender?" You know, I just um almost done with a 90-day masculine detox where I just removed all possibilities of dating or sex off the table and I had this it was deeply rooted this belief that was still showing up. It was really subconscious though that If I'm not actively going out and working towards something, then I'm not going to achieve it. That was still so hardwired. So I totally relate to what you were saying. And then it took me fully letting go, fully surrendering, like that there's nothing I have to do or be in order to call love in. And what I have seen in these past almost 90 days is miraculous. How men are just literally flying out of the cosmos that were not even on my radar. I'm being set up. They're just dropping into my DMs. Like, Mm -hmm. Oh, there it is. The reminder that I get to receive and I get to surrender and I don't have to control and be the puppeteer of my life. That shit is a one-way ticket to burnout and exhaustion.
0: Totally. And one teacher, I love that you shared that because magnetism, being a woman and exercising magnetism, which is just, uh, increasing your state of being in receptivity yeah uh, getting into states of receptivity um is so much fun and it is fun <laughs> so fun like so simple but i remember i remember too like i had all these stories about um like trying to uh, attract and seduce a man or like how i had to be or present but actually it was when i was in states of receptivity um which sexiness is such an inside job like mm-hmm. Radiance is an inside job. You just exude Mm. it when you start to connect with pussy. And yeah, it's just like, you you just turn on the juice and you're, you're enjoying life. It's not about like going after like being a hunter, which is, can be fun too, but it's like, you're just, you're being, and what a teacher once said to me is like, life is happening through you.
3: Mm. And our
0: body is the kind of the tuning fork to how much life flow we're letting through us. So if there's stagnation in the pelvic bowl or root chakra, right. And it, you can feel it. Like, I remember like walking up to people and feeling bits of that in myself. Like, uh, it's almost like people can see it. It's like a self doubt. It's like a, a fear. It's like a, the feeling of unworthiness. It's like, you can see it on people now. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. And I can feel it went inside of me when I was like, you know, just living my life. And so to be in states of receptivity is to be fully letting life flow through you. Mm. And that feels really good because your vessel, this is like a really fun vessel we get to inhabit while we're here and you get to understand its secrets and to play this instrument really exquisitely. Mm. Um, so getting in touch with that, um, receptivity is divine. It's truly divine.
2: Oh yeah. Yes, yes, yes. It's so fun to play with. It's, it feels like a game you're playing with the universe all of a sudden of like, how turned on by my life can I become? And in that turn on, you literally become this like beam of light that people cannot help, but be attracted to. And from that place, you call in your soul clients, your partners, your dear friends, your purpose. And it, starts with connecting to your pussy and like that feels so good. Oh, I want this conversation to be heard by every human on this planet.
0: I know. know. (laughs) Like, honestly, it's just, uh, yeah, I could speak. Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Let's shift into something that you have recently, um, called in through the spirit of pussy. And that's your your soulmate. Yeah. <laughs> right? I'd love to hear. Well, I'll start by saying congratulations because you, you, as of this podcast, have been engaged for a couple weeks now. Yeah. And um, I'd love to hear about we started the show with what relationship you had previously been in and the trauma bonds and um really intense shit that the two of you work through. And now you find your purpose you start walking your mission, you start increasing your magnetism and your radiance and boop, this person comes in. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about that journey.
0: Yeah, so after that really like brutal relationship I was in like during my CrossFit years, it ended really bad. Like (laughs) it was not healthy in any way. Um, And it's so funny because all of a sudden, uh, like I I had a lot of... um, symptoms. Like I had really bad, like fissures on like the side of my mouth. I had, um, eczema, like all over my body. And it's like, my body was just healing from years of like emotional depletion and not ever honoring her, like not even close to understanding how to. Um, so I found myself in this, um, crappy apartment in San Diego. There was Cat hair all over the place. Um, I was with my dog. I bought a van for forty five hundred bucks, and <laughs> I knew it was my dream machine because I wanted to like. It had a bed in the back. I got it off some like German student, <laughs> um, and I was just like, yeah. I knew like this is like how I live my dream is like start building from the ground up, um, and then over the next like I would say five months, I fully committed to doing my internal work and becoming the most well-fucked woman, um, without a man, you know, and just being so, I just went on a, like, that's where I guess my discipline as an athlete came in. I was just like almost every night, like really connecting my, to myself, like always like going in and massaging my cervix, like discovering new ways of relating to myself, um, spending time creating, you know, doing things. I just, you know, painting, like things that in the past, I was like, I don't have, I'm not creative. Um, You know, breaking past those stories. And then I really began to call in a, my vision and my, of like, what kind of partner do I, what kind of partner would I want to be to somebody? Mm -hmm. And I wrote that down. And I figured out the spots on that list where I was not showing up. Like, oh, I like, I kind of always relied on like my man to like take me on adventures. I was like, I'm gonna go on, on like all my adventures. So I started planning my adventures in my van with my dog. Mm-hmm. Um I also wrote down a list of like how I could be my best lover and like how do I tend to myself? Oh, I take luxurious baths, you know, in my shitty apartment. <laughs> I like, you know, I I light candles, I make sure I make time to like I would get into lingerie and just dance in front of the mirror, like and start to really explore this side of myself that I had suppressed for so long. And then I really started to visualize my vision and like what I wanted, which was this, it's still so potent. It's this, this piece of land by the ocean. I have a she-yurt where I do my my treatments. And I could see this like man behind me, like holding like a pregnant belly and like, I had other children and we were on this porch and it was just like i began to feel that like what does that feel like what does it feel like to um say yes to that and to be living that and even down to the way like how this man walked i couldn't see his face but i just like i had this vision of this man like walking towards me Mm -hmm. and then you know the pandemic hits and um i went off like quarantine camping actually it was Sam and Jen Dancer and that was a whole deal yeah. too. Um and like don't get me wrong, during this time there were a lot of tears. There was a lot of frustration. Uh there was a lot of anger coming forward. Um I had a lot of people helping me along the way. Um I was taking courses. Like it's not like I was just like oh this just happened. It was work. It totally was but it was also this period of me completely exploring this Whole new side of myself, and um you know, going to drum circles and just meeting random people, but also like like uh, practicing boundaries and saying no, and you know, it was just this whole experimental phase. And then I remember, like, when I I went camping for a while, I did like my own thing, had some pretty real, like, pretty amazing experiences, and then I rolled back into town because something was calling me to come back to San Diego. And- mm. Um, you know continue my studies and
3: uh, I can remember there was a shift I felt so juicy
0: because I've been doing all this work and so committed to this work of pussy work and I was just like men were like running across the street to like come talk like, that is like <laughs> Oh, okay definitely something shifted but you know it felt really good to be like no I'm good and like kind of just be so aligned with my energy and my integrity mm. that became more important than any other dude I was like I don't care about men at this point I care about being in alignment it's like integrity became like a drug and that mm. felt so good mm. um and then all of a sudden I was driving to this pet food store in my local area it's called it's a Shore thing or something like that I don't know <laughs> this guy like jumps out at me on the street and I was just like whoa okay that's a weirdo and I like pulled into the parking lot and I was with my dog captain who you can hear barking in
3: <laughs> and
0: uh which she's totally like my bruja I swear she's she's really guiding me on this journey uh-huh. uh, but this and this man who had jumped out of me on the street just kept looking at me and I was just like man okay I was like kind of fun walked into the store, you know, like got my dog And I, I came back out and he was still just staring at me. He was staring at me the whole time I was in the store. And I was like, all right, I better go talk to this guy. And I walked across the street and it was like, I was so nervous, but I was just like, whatever. Like, let's see what happens. And just started talking to him. He had a really cool van. And I was just like, what's this all about? And, um, you know, I'd love if, I'd love to go surfing if, because uh, he was changing out from his surf gear. I was like, if you know, I don't really know the surf spots in San Diego. I'd love to love to learn. And uh, he gave me his uh, business card, which I thought maybe <laughs> was, like an American thing. Like, <laughs> <whatever>. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and then I, you know, I went home and I checked in with my body. And mm. I was like, is this someone, hey, pussy, is this someone that I should go talk to and pursue. And I was like this very uplift, you know, I started, it's taken me a while to understand what my body feels like in yes. And what my body feels like in no. And yeah. that's why sexuality exploring it's so important because you feel alignment. Like after a cervical orgasm, you're like, Oh yeah, that's what it's supposed to feel like.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so yeah, pussy said yes. And, you know, after we went surfing on our first date and I can remember uh him leaving after and captain also really liked him initially so that was a really good sign yes uh, always always but i remember stirring in my heart and i was like oh shit here we mm. go mm. and what's so interesting is this whole journey and this is where i find women if you if you're not embodied and if you do not understand uh your own pussy and your own in- integral right relationship with your body you're always willing to acquiesce it. You're always willing to overstep it. And that's a huge fucking problem because you're letting the universe know how you want to be treated. And it's it's not that you're bringing this on yourself. Of course, things happen where, you know, traumas happen. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there's always, it's little tiny things that you do in mm-hmm. relationship that really informs how you relate. Mm-hmm. And- I told Robert, like I laid out a list. I was like, this is how I want to relate. And um, I'm on this incredible sexual journey. Like, are you with me on that? Like, I'm still discovering a lot about my pussy and pussy magic. And he was just like he was ready to step mm-hmm. up and into that. Like, and that's the kind of man he is. Mm-hmm. And the even though I knew we were into something special, I was like, you know what, though, I am the most important thing in life. This body is the only body I get to hang out with for my entire life. And so through our relationship, as it's grown, I've really discovered, you know, there's been times where I get feedback from my body where like, you know, um, like, actually not even too long ago my I had some tenderness on like the um edge of my perineal body there was like a little bit of like tissue proliferation and like just some adhesion and it was a little bit red Mm -hmm. and I was like oh pussy so I spent some time with her and I was like I was letting like my we were having our sex uh interactions because you know we're living together now it was just too quick Mm -hmm. and I was um we were pen- we were moving to penetration before she was ready, and so, you know, I got Robert to say like, "Hey, can you speak some sweet nothing's to my pussy? Can you massage her a little bit, and just tell her like, yeah, you know, I'm like, I understand, I'm responsible for this, but like, we need to move slower, and like, this is what she's asking for, like, longer, slower, deeper connections." Yeah, right. And it's like, and he's willing to step up to that, and this is where you really learn queendom because you're like yeah it's not about being demanding it's about like being so into your sensual body and so in deep reverence for your body that you are not willing to acquiesce anything for anybody else and that's where we need women to step up because half of our population is in disconnection i mean i Men is a whole other story, right? But like our women are in disconnection. And when we start to come home and revere our fucking gorgeous bodies, we start to heal so much more in our communities, in our relationships, in our families. I've seen insane changes in my family, just Mm -hmm. from me really respecting my body Mm -hmm. and everything that she's about. So this has way bigger implications than just you. Your life will literally start to reconstruct around you, and this is going to change the consciousness of humanity. Mm -hmm. Right, coming. We're moving into the integrated age. So everybody on board the pussy train. All right, (laughs) choo choo, (laughs) (laughs) choo choo. (laughs) So Robert was yeah, he's been, I wrote down what I wanted in a partnership and I, I filled in the holes where I wasn't showing up. And then I called in my cosmic champion and how this man would be in my life and how our relationship would go and how we are breaking down all kinds of paradigms so that we can all both come to the love collaboration table and turn up all of our edges. doesn't matter. Everything is on the table. There's no, no. I am hundred percent committed to him not losing. And he's a hundred percent committed to me, not losing.
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: in that way, then we can really collaborate. And that's been a beautiful journey that's led to, yeah, our engagement and our commitment to each other, because I know I can bring all of me to the table because I reclaimed all of me mm-hmm. through this relationship too, though. I mean, I feel like I'll just say one more thing is like, as we start to, Come home to our bodies. Um, you're leveling up yourself to call in a higher type of man. And when that higher type of man, um, you know, higher quality, the highest quality, like your king comes into your life, whew, okay. Now that's when the work begins because he is going to show you the story that you didn't even know was still running. You didn't mm-hmm. know was still in the driver's seat. And like, Robert cracked me open Mm. when I started to go into old patterns of like how I related in the past, which was, oh, um, I almost I had to ask for permission to do things. And then I it would get into this state of like, oh, we're you're not allowing me to do something, or I feel like I'm stuck or I'm struggling and I need to like go burst out. And like that was my self-sabotage piece of like how I operated my life and Robert like he saw the ugliest sides of me and he held me Mm -hmm. I never had a man just hold me when I'm like it was like the it felt like all of my stories all the scaffolds I had created even about sexuality fell into this pit and this one pit was like I'm not enough Mm
3: -hmm.
0: and it was just like oh god like And healing from that together and like being able to move forward, like, uh, it's, it's changed my life. And that's what I'm saying though. If you don't have the tools, it's like that foundation of bodily awareness of pussy as guidance, um, understand deep reverence for this being that you have in your sacred sexuality. It's like, these are, you just keep going deeper into these levels. Mm-hmm. And it's, on this upward spiral, it's going to ask a lot more of you. So you have to be energetically ready to receive that kind of love. Yeah. Oh,
2: God, I um, I'm smiling and like crying and also equally um, like equal parts thrilled and terrified of, I feel like that's what's next for me. It's so close. I can taste it. And hearing your story, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so ready for that. And I just loved like in every bit of your story about the full reclamation and ownership of your life, your pleasure, and that no one being outside of you is committed to building that life. And it's just so miraculous and beautiful to see that when you fully chose yourself, and fully chose the wisdom of your body that everything just started to fall in place from the work to the partner and by no means like you said it does that mean that it's easy in fact it's quite the opposite more things start to show you like where you're not in alignment or like where you have more opportunities to love yourself further but what i think was so crystal clear is is choose yourself commit to yourself commit to the parts that you are Unwilling to look at and feel crunchy and hard and tender and unworthy. And in those tender spots in that shadow comes like the most beautiful light on the other side.
0: Totally, Brynn, you hit the nail on the head. And I really feel like I had this vision one time of like this, like snake energy is always like I'm the year of the snake in the Chinese calendar. It's just like very much like a part of me. And there's this like vision I had, you know, probably what I was going deep into the pussy and um, through like the mouth of the snake, like our darkest, darkest um, story is our, becomes our greatest gift. And through that mouth Mm -hmm. of the snake, like all this energy was coming forward. And it was just like these hands presenting this like beautiful ball of light. And it's like that abortion, that getting kicked out of CrossFit um that moving into a shitty apartment and um like those were these that that was the rich fertile ground I needed to hundred percent commit to myself go all in and I chose no dating apps I said no like whatever I'm calling in is going to be so much more than an algorithm like you know and, and it has to be that way and I, I don't care it was just like this commitment mm-hmm. um and from that like pain and that um, darkness, which is the yin, came this very like robust life-giving life upon life upon life existence that I am now experiencing today. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, i I know there'll be more challenges, but uh, pussy is always gonna be there. My body is always here to guide me mm-hmm. through. So. It's possible for every single woman. So anybody who's listening, this is completely possible. No, no matter where you're at in your journey, uh, no matter what situation you're in, you have creative agency um, and right partnership with your body to go <laughs> climb aside that straddle or straddle that beautiful pussy saddle and ride off into the sunset. Mm. You seriously do.
2: Fuck yes,
0: yes.
2: (laughs) This conversation has been so much more robust and juicy and pleasurable than like I even could have imagined. Mm. And I've learned so much from just being in your radiance and your magnetism. And I'm so impressed, like with the the life that you have built for yourself. From I think it's so divine that we both happen to have these like connections to Israel right at the beginning of your story unfolding i mean israel such a spiritual magical place so it's no doubt and to watch that to getting to meet this version of you and then to feel such resonance and such um just admiration like for the work that you're doing it's so clear that you're in such in in your dharma like you're you're doing it and Mm -hmm. i'm really grateful to know you and uh, this conversation i think has the power to change a lot of lives. So thank you truly oh. from
0: my heart and my pussy for you being here today. <laughs> I feel it Bryn, like, um, that's mirrored right back at you. I love what you're doing and you're a way shower for women. And it's so cool because so many women are waking up to that and shifting the collective consciousness, which is like so needed at this very incredible time that we live in like we have the power collectively to imagine a new earth you know to imagine more pleasure and joy and and beingness which is our birthright and uh it just is kind of layered and dusted over with shame and guilt and that's systemically done that's like not by accident you know Mm -hmm. we are in really beautiful positions right now to uh change the whole game.
2: Mm, thanks for walking the path with me. So oh, honored.
3: <laughs> so honored.
2: Is there anything else that you would love to leave our listeners with today? Any last words of wisdom?
0: Hmm. I don't think so. I, yeah. think I feel like I said it all, uh yeah. except what I needed to say um but yeah, Pussy is waiting.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is. Where can uh, our listeners find you, what's the best way for them to connect with you?
0: So, um, I have, a, an Instagram at Emily and Abbott, and then, uh, my website is Emily abbott.com. Um, I have really fun offerings up there. You can go check out my website and this summer, um, cervix, my body has asked me to birth, um, a course and, <laughs> really geared towards women who love to move, who, you know, have this very strong masculine and want to balance that out with their very strong feminine. Mm -hmm. Um, So that that will be launching later this summer.
2: Beautiful. I can't wait to see what is birthed. Thank you again for being on the show. It was such a pleasure to have you today.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Bryn. You're amazing.
2: Thanks so much
0: for listening to today's
1: show if you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.